0: Your experience at Joy Church will be unlike any church service you have ever attended before. We are not about religion. We are about a relationship with God the Father through His Son Jesus Christ. At Joy Church you'll hear live and vibrant praise and worship music. You will be loved and encouraged. You will be confident that your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and safe environment. You'll be assured that your youth will be loved and accepted not only for who they are, but challenged to become who they were created to be. At Joy Church, God's Word is delivered through creative, humorous, and relative teaching that will help you apply the Bible to your life. There is a place here at Joy Church just for you where you can begin to develop a vibrant and exciting relationship with Jesus Christ and discover your divine destiny.
1: Amen. We'll present to you a shortened new series today, very excited about it, called, you're going to love this, Joylets. Look, look, Look at the subtitle, discovering the five sources of joy from the throne room. Now listen to me very closely. What did one toilet say to another? You look a little flushed. If you don't laugh in the service day, you're in trouble. Come on, don't let only the European Christian watching online get my jokes today. We're going to talk to you about joy and how important that it is. It really is. It is something that you can release. If you're a born-again child of God... One of the fruits of the Spirit that is on the inside of you is the fruit of joy. It resides on the inside of you. We're going to show you there are five biblical sources where you can release that joy in your life. We live in a culture, the last two years we've gone through, where depression and anxiety is running through the roof. So how we know this is an imperative subject matter so that you can make sure you let joy you let joy free in your life. It's so one of the greatest truths that you can learn, watch this, that you are not a slave to your feelings. And I know I know, in this culture, particularly amongst the young, it's like, you know, we got to keep it real. We got to keep it 100. And I agree with that. But you have to understand what you are. You are a spirit, primarily. You have a soul. That's your mind, will, and emotions. And so your feelings are a part of your mind, will, and emotions. And Feelings are meant to be felt; they're just not meant to be followed. Let feelings in your car, just don't let them in the driver's seat. Why? Because sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> sometimes you don't. And for me, it's more often than not the nut part of that. So please, your fe- if you don't believe you don't have to believe what I'm saying. You can live by your feelings for 30 days, and I will visit you in jail. It really is that simple. One of the greatest truths to get you off the roller coaster in your Christian life is to learn Romans 1, 9, where Paul said, I thank God that I serve my God out of my spirit. Not out of your soul, but out of your spirit. Not out of your feelings, but out of your spirit. How many would be honest with the pastor? There's times you don't feel like coming to church, but you came anyway. I'm the pastor, and there's times I don't feel like coming to church. I almost always do. It's rare that I don't. Um, the other Wednesday, I was here preaching. I had a fever. No, no one knew. No one could tell. Why? Because it was a disco fever, baby. <laughs> no, I was fighting off a fever. I, 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 I was, I, but I, you, no one knew. No one could tell. I didn't try to stay away from everybody, but I, I, I didn't go by. My, I felt like staying home and resting. But my assignment, I won't let the devil talk me out of, out of preaching for nothing. Listen, 20 to, this is my 40th year of ministry, 20 years as your pastor. The only time I've ever missed here, ever, is when I'm preaching somewhere else at a different church or I'm on vacation. I've come up here with cracked ribs. I've come up here with fever. I've come up with, you, you know, you name it. I don't miss here. And I'll tell you why, because I don't let the devil push me off that. Because the moment he starts doing that, he'll keep going and going and going. Nope, nope, this is my assignment. I am, I've, I've come up here with a voice that's barely above the... You know what I'm talking about. Just from yelling at Miss Ann all week. <laughs> I, don't, I don't miss this. But I felt like staying home, but I don't live by my feelings. I had joy. and I allowed that joy to flow. It's one of the greatest things that you can understand, because listen to me very closely, it is truly a choice to rejoice. Let me give you the verses for it. We're going to give you one from the Old Covenant. I could quote them, but I want you to see them. Psalms 118 and verse 24, and then we'll look at Philippians 4.4. You know this. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Ever say made? This is the same Hebrew word that you find in Genesis, in creation. This is the day that the Lord hath created. It could be translated that way. This is the day that the Lord has created. Listen to me. He created today for you. He created it for you, and you're already thinking about tomorrow. Why don't you go ahead and enjoy your today? You'll never have a second chance to enjoy your today. This is the day the Lord has created for you. Here's the key, but now I will, I will, it's a choice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. He can create all the days that you might want, but listen to me. You'll never, ever make anything out of them until you rejoice in them. Listen to me very closely. I want to bring this out in, in our second session here. The, the context behind this verse is very, very, very powerful. You remember when the, after communion, after Passover, uh, the Bible says in Matthew 26 and verse uh, 30 that they went out and sang a hymn. Jesus and disciples went out and sang a hymn. Do you, do you know that I don't know the melody, but I do know the lyrics of what they sang? Pastor, I knew you were old, but I didn't know you were that old. (laughs) Listen to me. Every good Jew after Passover uh, sang Psalms 118. And do you know what it says in Psalms 118, verse 24? This is the day. What day is he talking about? The day when Jesus was to be crucified. So how many know that's the worst day of anybody's life? He knew what was going to happen to him, but yet he was choosing to rejoice. If he can choose to rejoice in that awful day, so can we, no matter what we're walking through. (laughs) And then in the New Covenant, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, rejoice, the Greek word kara, an inward delight, nothing to do with happiness or outside circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord. Everybody say, in the Lord. Didn't say in circumstances. Happiness and joy are two different things. Happiness revolves around happenings. Joy has nothing to do with happenings. It's an inward delight, and it's based in the Lord, not in circumstances. Why? Circumstances come. Circumstances go. Sometimes they're up. Sometimes they're down. The Lord is always up. There's no upside to down when it comes To the Lord. I don't put my joy in my wife. I love my wife, but I don't put my joy in her. Can I tell you why? Uh, My son sold his car, so my son's been using her car, and so now she—it wasn't her fault, but she had her set of keys and my set of keys. And so yesterday, I'm I'm ready to go to church. You know, we have a Saturday service at five. Ready to go? And where are my keys? I don't have them. Where are they? She's got them. Now I have to call. I've got to call one of the staff. Hey, my wife stole my keys. Can you please drive them out to my house? And I live in New York. (laughs) It's a long drive. I know. I'm okay. And so, but it's a long drive. And so, so he had to drive drive them all out. And you know, I was a little bit late to not to the service, but we have a pre-meeting and all of that. And so, how many know my? I'm so glad my joy was not in her. My joy was in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Ever say always. It's amazing. I did a Greek study on that word always, and it means always. Always. Good times, bad times, up, down. Rejoice in the Lord always and again. Ever say again. Now, how many of you got to remind yourself to choose joy? How many know the joy boy? I got, I got my new friend that I just met. Her name is Joy. We named the whole church after her. Come on, encourage Joy. <laughs> I told her, you know we named the whole church after you, right? She's like, hmm. Are the doors locked? Can I get out of here? Listen to me closely. I'm, it's always, and again I say rejoice. The joy boy, I can remind you of joy. I can teach you about joy. But how many know all of a sudden you go out there on I-40 and you, you, you get cut off and people give you the one-way-to-Jesus sign, you got to, again I say Rejoice. Don't think that the enemy won't test you on what you're being taught in church. Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say, rejoice, Karan, inward delight and party. So let's break it down as we always do, because I want to get you off your Christian roller coaster today. This is one of the most important things that you can learn when it comes to your walk with God: is you can choose joy. It is in your born-again it is the joy of the Lord we're gonna see that almost not your own joy it is God's spiritual muscle Nehemiah 810 the joy of the Lord not your own joy the joy of the Lord is your strength how many know in this hour in this day in this age we need strength the only way that's gonna happen is if you choose joy I watch a lot of people, and I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to make some of your favorite pet peeves here mad, but listen to me. I watch a lot of people, and they pray for patience. Now, if you're a doctor, you can pray for patience. That's a good idea. That's fine. But listen, nowhere in the New Testament can you find pray for patience. All you can find is what the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 2, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into different test trials or temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith Worketh patience. Let patience, let patience, let patience, let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, lacking in no area of life. You've got to let patience. And in context, how do I let patience? By choosing joy. I count it all joy, logizamai, it's a calculation. I make a calculation. The situation I'm in is not fun. This is not an enjoyable circumstance, but I calculate that God's word is bigger than the circumstance that I'm in. Therefore, I calculate God and his word bigger than the hole I'm in. And, and that's my calculation. And when that happens, it lets patience, it releases patience. That word, patience, is a Greek word, hupomene. A hupo, under a menu, to remain under, literally means to remain in one spot without moving. You remember, remember when you're little, you ever play the game of chicken? Remember the game of chicken? You, you ride your bike and, you, and they, you, they'd ride their bike, and, and, and whoever turned off at the last second was the chicken? How many you now do that with your car? <laughs> well, listen, that's what the devil is doing. You're just standing there, choosing joy, counting it all joy, and saying, Devil, I am not moving from this spot. You're going to move, you're the chicken. I submit myself to God, resist you, and you will flee from me. Fuego. Run and start terror. Helping anybody? So, please understand, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that we got to let. So, let's talk about our joy-lets, five different biblical sources of joy, where they come from. This is not going to be tremendously complicated, but listen to me, this is not... Religion takes simple things and makes them complicated. Jesus took complicated things and made them simple. The goal here is to help you have joy released in your life. Are you ready? Let's take a look at our five joylets. We're only going to take a look at two today. Isn't that good news? Number one, the Word. Everybody say the Word. Now, Again, this is basic, but this is where we need to start. I could quote this, but I want you to see it. Let's look at John 15 and verse 11. Check it out. I love this Jesus. How many believe Jesus? This is Jesus speaking. These things have I spoken unto you, Jesus, saying that your joy, kara, your inward delight, uh, might remain in you. Notice here it said that my joy. This is not our joy. This is Jesus's joy. And how many, how many remember when Jesus was here on this earth? Remember he walked around for three and a half years, bummed out all the time? No, the reason that you don't remember that is because that's not how he was. Hebrews 1 and verse 9 says that the Lord was anointed with the oil of gladness more than any other fellow. In other words, you want to, you, you, yes, there were times when Jesus was somber and there's times when he was talking to the Pharisees or on the cross that he wasn't, of course, but if you would have seen Jesus here on this earth, he'd been smiling a lot. Unlike some of you. Hello, this is your heart. Would you please notify your face that you're saved? (laughs) You realize if you're a born-again child of God, you should be smiling right now. You're not going to hell. That's good news. Okay, I woke half the church up on my... Like that. Are you with me now? so important that we understand... That this is Jesus' joy, that his joy will remain in you, his joy. Remember, that's not this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, no, no, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, uh uh-uh, oh this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, the world didn't give it. Take it away, you people do not know how to have church. I'm the only one, and maybe John knows how to have church in the whole house. But notice it's not, that's an old song, but it's not that joy, it's not our joy, it's Jesus' joy. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away news can't take it away circumstances can't take it away it's my joy jesus said my joy might remain here's that greek word manual m-e-n-o and it means to remain or abide as a habit not come and go but it might remain in you that your joy kara Would be full. That word full is Oh, and it means to be, it's like, it's a hollow that's filled all the way to the top, and it means to be stuffed or crammed. How many remember Thanksgiving, and remember you had to put on your fat pants? (laughs) Why? Because you were stuffed and crammed. Isn't that right? Well, here, Jesus wants you to be stuffed and crammed, not with cranberry sauce, but with joy. Helping anybody. So let me give you two thoughts on the Word so that you can understand what we're talking about, that this is a source of joy. Let me give you two thoughts, two meditation mandates. Number one, meditation leads to revelation. Revelation leads to manifestation. What are we talking about? We're not just talking about some common little study of the Word. We're talking about really meditating on the Word. Um, This is not some Eastern nonsense. Uh, The the Bible says in Psalms 1 and verse 3 and Joshua 1 and verse eight. We are to meditate on something day and night and only one something, and that's the Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 11, meditate on the Word. It is a Greek word, spude. We got a word speed from it, and it means to mutter over and over again. When you're meditating on the Word, you're muttering the Word over and over and over again until it becomes revelation. How many know there's a difference between reading the Bible, Logos, versus meditating on it until it becomes alive to you, real to you. And once it's real to you, then revelation leads to manifestation. That's where then the joy begins to come out in your soul. But you've got to meditate on it, not just casually look at it. Second thing, it's pretty simple that you need to know about the Word because it's a source of joy. You've got to look it up. You've got to let it in. And then you've got to live it out. In other words, if the Bible says it's a choice to rejoice, then you've got to live that thing out. Look it up. Let it in. Uh, Colossians 3.16, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word richly, plousios, in a filthy rich way. You can be filthy rich with the Word of God, just stuffed with the Word. And that will bring joy out. I'm sorry I had to do that. I don't know... How's that Phil Driscoll thing happening? Is anybody out there? So please understand, the Word of God is a real source of joy. And then the second one, here's the good news, we're only going to have two today because of my hors d'oeuvre earlier. Remember remember that? Number two, and this is powerful, is answer prayer. Now, how many again believe the words of Jesus? Come on, how many again believe the words of Jesus? Let's look at John 16, 23 and 24. Again, I could quote them, but I want you to see them. There's power in you seeing him with your eyes. Look at what it says. And in that day, Jesus is speaking about the day after he leaves and the Holy Spirit comes. Uh, he referred earlier in chapter 16 about, in verses 8 and 9, it's expedient that I go away. Because if I go away, I'm going to send you a comforter. Remember that? That's the Greek word para, kletos. That's the Holy Spirit. Para, when it comes alongside, kletos to aid. The Holy Spirit comes alongside to aid you. And the great thing that I love about the Holy Spirit, if you're a born-again child of God, he doesn't just come alongside, he's in you right. to aid, to help. He's not a doer forer, but he is a helper. Yeah. And so notice, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Everybody say, verily, verily. Yeah. Now, this you may not care about this, but I do. That word, that phrase is literally in the Greek, amen, amen. M-E-E-M-A-M-E-N. And we get our word? Amen. Amen from it. My wife is the only one that got that. When you say amen in church, it's not just some tradition. It has a biblical basis to it. When I say something to you and you decide that that's truth and it's biblically based, you say? Amen. Could I have a better? Amen. But you have to wait till I say it and then decide if that's truth or not. Some of you may not want to swallow everything I say. That's all right. But your amen comes after you decipher that something I said is truth. Jesus is completely different. He starts out with amen, amen. In other words, he's not waiting for you. Because he is the truth, John 14 and 6. So he gets to say, truth, truth. That's what it means. Veracity, veracity. Amen? Amen. He gets to say it up front, because anything that's going to come out of his lips from this point on is truth. And if you believe it, it'll make you free. So, he gets to say it up front. That's what he does right here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever. Now, this whatsoever is whatsoever biblically, not just crazy things. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. Watch this. He will give it to you. Hitherto, here's King James. God bless him. This is hios in the Greek, and it means up to this point. Up to this point. In other words, I've been here on this earth. Up to this point, you've asked nothing in my name. They, they, they wouldn't do that they talked to the heavenly father at, at, they say up to this point now you've asked nothing in my name ask and you shall receive why that your kara your inward delight may be full stuff play ro so answered prayer listen to me Answer prayer is a source of joy. How many know when you're believing God for something and it comes to pass, it is a source of joy. And God wants your joy full. That's why you need to know a couple of thoughts about prayer because you there's so many crazy ideas of what prayer is and isn't. So let me give you a couple of thoughts about it. Look at number 1. Prayer is not just for comfort. It's for results. Now, most of the body of Christ teaches the first one, and it certainly will bring you comfort, but it's not just for comfort. Listen, when you pray, you praying, it's not just, you know, my, 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 my ship is sinking, I'm going down, and I'm going to pray, and so God's just going to pat you on your head while you die. Yes, right. Praying is not just for comfort. It will bring comfort. But praying according to the word in faith in the name of Jesus will actually bring results Let me give you thought number two, and it is true. God's promise is God's yes. What do you mean? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, where the Bible says, all the promises of God are in him, yes, and amen. Now, let's break it down all the promises of God. The word promise in the Greek language is epi-angelo. It's a compound Greek word epi, over-angelo is where we get angel from. And literally the word promise means over the word of an angel. When you see a promise from God in the Bible, it's literally over the word of an angel. Now why is it bringing out that kind of truth? Listen to me. Because if all of a sudden, the, the doors of the, uh, this church open up, and an angel from God came in, wings and everything. I mean, you know, it was big nine-foot, you know, just Anthony tries to tackle him, but the angel just goes, you know, you know, knocks him aside. And then he comes down, and he looks into the crowd, and he tells you a promise that's already in the Bible. Man, you people be going nuts. you be like, yes, yes, I believe it. I receive it. But the Word of God is over the word of an angel. You don't need an angel to walk in. You can believe it right now because God said it. (laughs) Helping anybody. And that's why, you know, if any angel says something outside the Bible, then you know it wasn't an angel from God. But it was an angel of darkness, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 11 through 13 is anybody out there so it's over god's promise god all of god's promises are in him yes ever say in him, in him. now what does that mean that means that god through what christ did qualifies you for that promise in him it's yes you if we approach god I go, okay, God, I, I, I hope I've done good enough to qualify for that promise. There's nobody in the house that qualifies. It's only what Jesus did for us that allows us to qualify for that. In him is yes. So God's promise is his yes. In other words, if God said it in his word, that means that's his yes. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to wonder about it. I, listen, I, I think I saw Nate over there, Nate Hoffman. Did I see Nate over there? Yeah, there's Nate. So there's Nate. I love Nate. One of our college and career guys. Just love him. One of my favorite guys. Has such a pure heart. Let's just say, I said, okay, Nate, after service, we're going to have you over to our house, and, and, and we're going to gonna cook lunch for you, and we can't wait to have you over. And, and then maybe I, I, said, I went back to preaching, and it was real good, and then all of a sudden, Nate raises his hand, and he says, hey, pastor, and he interrupts my message, and he says, pastor. Is, is that for real? For realsies? Are you really having me over for lunch after the service? I was like, Nate, preaching over here, preaching pretty good. Why don't you put a sock in it right now, dude? And yes, it is true. My promise, my word is my yes. And then I went back to preaching, and maybe 10 minutes later, he lifts his hand. and goes, no, for real, Pastor, I don't mean to interrupt, but I am going to interrupt you. Are you really mean? Because you, you're such a liar, dude. Preachers are liars you really having me over for lunch? Are you, is that, is that for, for real? Are you for real having me over? Listen to me very, very closely. About that time, I'd start to get frustrated with Nate. Number one, he's interrupted my preaching, and it's pretty awesome. But number two, he's really, really doubting my word. My word is my yes. But we do that to God all the time. His promise, all the promises of God are in him, yes. You don't have to say, if it be thy will, because if he's promised it, that is his will. Just like my will and my word are one, just like I said to Nate, Nate, I'm having you over for lunch. That's my word, which represents my will. My wife is the only person amen to me, and now Stormy, that's pastor Jim's wife They're at stormy here that's this is the only storm we allowed in Mount Juliet could I have an amen no tornadoes just stormy so please understand all the promises of God are in him yes now watch this and amen your part is the amen what does the amen mean amen means so be it God's promise is God's yes he's told you what he wants to do but you got to say, so be it in my life, or it does you no good helping anybody in the house today. So please understand, ladies and gentlemen, you need to see what this is like in action. Because God's word is his amen. You really can believe. What did Jesus say? He said, when you ask the Father in Jesus' name whatsoever, Now, obviously whatsoever biblically, In faith, according to his word, in the name of Jesus, he'll give it you so that your joy would be made full. If you want to know what it looks like when your joy is made full with answer prayer, watch this really cool video of the Crocker's. Check it out.
2: As I grew up in a Christian home, I never knew really about Bible teachings of healing until we came to Joy Church in 2017. And because of having MS, multiple sclerosis, I lived in a constant state of pain and severe fatigue that was worsening exponentially to the point that we knew a wheelchair and walker were in my very near future. As I could not walk unassisted,
3: I could not sit or get up unassisted. I was dealing with a disease called fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is generally a garbage can disease. It's symptoms that you just can't really explain through any normal diagnosis, but it usually couples with extreme fatigue and lots of soreness, and if you do anything outside of your normal daily schedule, you pay for it afterwards with that extra fatigue and that extra soreness, and it's just a miserable existence. So we ended up going to the healing service. And I knew when I heard it, when I heard that announcement, it was kind of one of those, oh, you said I sat up and I'm like, that's interesting. I wanna know what that is. I want that. And I knew my mom wanted it. And so it was just, how can I be selfish and go alone? I had to bring her with me. Through the services, I received the
2: little booklet of the healing scripture and I began reading those and praying those, and especially praying those aloud. The night of this healing service, I was able to stand in line without any fatigue or any help. I went forward to have the hands laid on me and prayed over me, and I stepped away knowing that MS was gone. I had no more pain. I had strength. I felt like I
3: had just slept 10 hours and woke up After starting to attend the healing services, it was one of those that God just started speaking in my heart and kind of saying, Hey, this is in the word. Do you believe it? That's all I needed to do was just believe it. And so the night of the praying prayers, I decided, you know what, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to take God up on it. I am just going to believe no matter what. And then, of course, the addition of seeing my mom just suddenly pop out of her seat, no help from me, it was just kind of that eye-opening, blinking shock. I mean, it, it brought me so much joy. It was kind of like, no, 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 not a big deal that I got healed, eh, that's, that's that's pennies. Because my mom, she was free, she, just seeing her live life brought me so much joy. I mean, I get teary-eyed many times when I share the testimony, and I'm more excited about sharing Her testimony than my own because God is just so wonderful and I have a mom now
1: come on right there she is notice how much joy answer prayer brought to mother and daughter I have a mom now Jesus said whatever you ask the father obviously biblically in faith according to God's Word and you ask it in Jesus name He'll give it to you. Why? So that your joy would be made full. I don't know. Right off the bat, as a pastor, I know I've been doing this a long time. I know the thought process goes, well, I prayed and nothing happened, or I prayed this and nothing happened. Listen to me very closely. I want to answer that because that brings a lot of doubt to people, and sometimes people even doubt. That's what a lot of atheists will point to, unanswered prayer that God does not exist. Listen to me very closely. I have a forerunner, a Toyota forerunner. My wife has a Toyota forerunner. The only difference is hers is a year and a half old. Mine is 23 years old. But how many know if mama ain't happy? But here's the thing I like about my forerunner, and this is why we both have forerunners. Jesus loved forerunners. That's why he sent John the Baptist. I love my foreigner. It's 23 years old. It's really old, but it's my little buddy, and I've had him for forever. And he only has 78,000 miles on him, for real, for real. And he, I just I baby him all the time. My wife's been using him a little bit. I said, "Now take easy, take it easy. Go, don't go over any bu- bu- you know bumps or nothing Go slow. Go. I, I I got a plan. See, I got a plan. 23 years old. You know these Toyota foreigners? They'll last to 400,000 miles, right? I got a plan. I'm gonna drive this thing until the Antichrist shows up. And then I'm gonna go get raptured out of here, and then I'm gonna leave my car, my forerunner to the Antichrist, and right then it'll break down. <laughs> but not until. <laughs> so we 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 have a forerunner. Let let's let's say I'm driving on the side of the road and all of a sudden my little car breaks down, and and I, I think, oh gosh, oh, I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta get a hold of the CEO of Toyota. Now listen to me. I'm not going to be able to get hold of the CEO of Toyota, but that doesn't mean he doesn't exist. It just means I don't have his number. Or I'm dialing something, and I'm dialing it wrong. When I have unanswered prayer, it doesn't go, okay, God, your word's not true, you don't exist. I don't ever think those thoughts. What I do is that, okay, God, where would I miss it? I need to jump back into your word. I need to find out what the Bible says. Am I just, is this in my head, or am I really believing God in my heart? I don't ever blame God. He's not my problem. He's my solution. I, I'm, I'm going to make sure I know what he said, but once I know what he said, I'm not going to let go of what I do know because of what I don't know. <laughs> Helping anybody. So listen to me. Church, God wants your joy to be full. He wants you to let that joy, release that joy in your life. The first way is through the Word of God, and it's not just some casual study. It's through meditation on God's Word until it becomes revelation and then manifestation. And then secondly, he really does want to give you answer prayers, not just for comfort. Key is, you got to know the Bible. Key is, you got to believe it. Key is, you got to pray in the name of Jesus in faith, not as a lucky rabbit's foot. And then the Bible says your joy, your karah, your inward delight will be full. Stuff, play ro-oh, cram to the top. The joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength.